Thank you so much for joining us today. What a privilege. It's an honor for me that you are watching and connecting with us here in Victory Church from Odessa. I am Gian Villatoro, the founding pastor of Victory Church. And from Odessa, Texas, I thank you for joining us today on our worship service number 264, November 14th. 2021. Before we get to the message, I would like to invite you, go to the website, vchurch.us. You can download the bulletin or you can do it directly here. If you are watching from your big smart TV, grab your phone, open the camera, point towards the QR code. You will see the link there. Click there and you can download the bulletin of this message. We want to thank you for your support. It's incredible all the people that we are touching and reaching out through this ministry. If you want to join us and do more, vchurch.us forward slash give is the way to go. Or you can simply send a text message 432-268-0007. Thank you so much, our beautiful church members, because you are so faithful. Thank you guys for your support, even those who are traveling and are all the time on the go. Thank you, Tracy, for the songs. Thank you, Sebastian, for your work. So here we are, my friends, enjoying this beautiful message. Veteran. <laughs> Worship service 263. And we read, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, this beautiful verse coming from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men and go and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill and watch you. I will be holding the walking stick God gave me. Joshua obeyed Moses and went to fight the Amalekites the next day. And we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord God, guide us through this study. Amen. You know, friends, there is a video that I want to share with you. Let me play it. This is the story of Moses on this video, courtesy of Cornerstone Fellowship. Well, part of the story of Moses. Once the Israelites were set free and they were on the other side of the Red Sea, they now start to complain, thinking, what are we going to do here? Where are we going to live? And what are we going to eat? This kind of stuff. Moses was concerned, a little bit nervous. He decided, I need to go and ask the Lord, what's the next step? So he decided to pray. And he was praying, asking the Lord, Lord, why are we here? Lead me. Tell me, what is the next step? What we should do? When he was there, suddenly the presence of God came upon him. And before his eyes, the Lord made something amazing. He created the Ten Commandments tablets before Moses' eyes. He was thrilled and he said, I need to go to my people to tell them. And then big surprise, he was upset because they were worshiping false gods. And then he decided to go back to the mountain and said, Lord, what, what do I do now? Look what these people are doing. I really don't know what to do, Father. Guide me. The Lord gave him again the tablets. So here is Moses. Okay, guys. Are we going to get this right this time? We promise, we promise, we don't want to die. Okay, let's do it. Let's trust in God. Take two, right? 
So here is people promising, okay, let's read the commandments, let's learn what is the right thing to do, and everyone is happy. But now there was another challenge. We needed to find somebody to help Moses, and then is when something special happens. Among all these people, there was one who was really paying attention to Moses' teachings. He was a helper. And, uh, well, the Lord always uses people, as you know, to make his plans come through. In this particular case, it was Joshua, the one that the Lord chose. Joshua was a good protege to Moses, and he was the one taking over the leadership and the people of Israel. This is a beautiful example of what happens when we have the blessing of having a great leader. In my personal life, I had great mentors. Still today, I reach out to my mentors, I talk to them. It was a blessing for me, and it is still a blessing for me. Initially, I think it, it all is the result of uh, the discipline my mom and my dad had with me. You know, they were very loving, but Boy, <laughs> some part of myself learned to obey quickly. <laughs> But let's talk about this story about uh, Moses and, and Joshua here. The first thing that I want to talk to you is, is about Moses, all right? One thing we know, he was experienced. And uh, how do you get your experience? <laughs> Through the pass of time. Years and years will teach you many things, right? Life. You know, when we are young, we have theory. We have ideas, knowledge, information, if you like, statistics, facts, but not the experience because we haven't lived that long. But as we go through life and we start to live and we start to make our own decisions, it's going to happen that we will start to live our own mistakes, And it's part of life. Most of the time, we, we start to make the mistakes pretty soon. Other people are more careful, and they don't, they don't make terrible mistakes in their lives. But anyways, we are going to make mistakes, because otherwise we will be like Jesus, perfect, and there is nobody like him. All of us, we fail, we make mistakes. Experience will come to you as a result of time, you know, and you try things. Like in, in, uh, in the case of Moses, you know, he, he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And he thought in one point, I'm going to release my people, the people of Israel, from this oppression. You know what happened. He killed the Egyptian. Then he was, he was kicked out of Egypt. And then it's a long story that, that just takes him to learn from his own mistakes. Interesting, right? The second thing that we know about someone that is experienced, like Moses, is how many tears he poured down in many places. Sometimes we think about guys that are really tough, macho, and we think, well, do you know this guy? He doesn't cry. <laughs> you are mistaken. Because it doesn't matter if the person is super strong, you know, macho looking or, or not. Sometimes you see, 
you see women that are tiny and fragile, and you can think, ah, she cries for everything, and they are probably the toughest <laughs> in a family. But one thing is true. Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes, and with our mistakes in the right time, the tears will come to us when we see the severity of our poor decisions. It's just life. But uh, also, <laughs> the experience comes as a result of countless hours of thinking, which is probably one of the most difficult things to do in today's world. Why is that? Because we have access to so many things that entertain us, so many things that will keep us busy. I'm not just talking about all the chores in the house and all the responsibilities with work and projects and business and social life and all that. No, I'm talking also about how easy it is with, through our phones have access to so vast immensity of information and entertainment. There are thousands of channels to watch, thousands and thousands of opportunities to listen to people, whether this is music or shows or in books. The information around us is gigantic and the communication as well. You know, we are interacting with so many people on top of the interaction that we have in our, in our household. And as a result of that, we have very little time to think. Have you noticed that? We are so busy, so just going from one point to the other that we barely have time to stop for a second and reflect about what just happened. <laughs> Experienced people learn that in life. That is necessary to take time to reflect, to evaluate why this happened to me. Why did I do this? In those hours of thinking and thinking and thinking and processing are very important because it's there precisely where many things are going to be revealed to you. You will easily, when you learn to reflect, you will easily see the mistake, your mistake. Now, there are people that they are very, very quick to see Everybody else's mistakes. Well, good for you. But I'm not talking about that. Because looking at the mistakes of everybody is easy. Anybody can do it. Anybody. Anybody can criticize the rest. I'm talking about the process of reflecting about our own decisions. And Moses had plenty of time. He was pretty young when he left Egypt. When he is coming back... Now, after the whole process that God did in his life, in Moses' life, now he's 80 years old. <laughs> so he had plenty of time, you know. In that time that you invest thinking and reflecting about your life is not wasted, my friend. Your mistakes, your tears, the time that you have invested thinking about what happened, is not wasted, not in the eyes of the Lord. In the eyes of the Lord, that it was needed 
because only then is when Moses was useful. The same thing can happen to you. Now, on the other hand, now we see a Moses that is absolutely effective. How interesting it is to see someone that is effective in doing things. And you know what? It's not because the person is just experienced. You know, it's not just that. It's that the person have learned to trust in the Lord. I have said this many times. It's much better when you learn to not trust yourself. <laughs> Don't trust yourself. Because, you know, yourself uh, has a dark side, <laughs> like the moon. <laughs> you see? But it's better to trust in the Lord. Is what the, the proverb says. Trust in the Lord. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trusting in the Lord. As a result of that experience, Moses learned to, to listen carefully the voice of the Lord. <laughs> Excuse me. Moses learned to listen carefully to the Lord. How important is for anybody, for all of us, to listen carefully. To try to understand what the other person is saying. In your home, take your time to listen and process what the other person is saying. But when it's about your relationship with the Lord, you need to take your time. And you know what? The Holy Spirit who dwells in you is going to be very open. The, the Holy Spirit is not afraid of what you're going to think of what he says. Do you understand that? He's not nervous. I, I don't know if I should share with no, he's God. He's going to speak, and he's going to speak clearly to you. But if you don't want to listen, and especially when it's about the special things that the Lord wants you to do, if you don't want to listen, and you don't want to listen carefully to the instructions, there is no way you're going to be effective. You just heard part of the message. You know, the Lord is guiding you to do something, and you say, I got it, I got it. No, you, you don't. Take your time. But I'm trusting in the Lord. I know you do. But you haven't listened the whole message the Lord had for you in order to accomplish what you need to accomplish if you want to be effective. <laughs> you see? And also, in order to be effective, you need to take your time to reflect. Countless hours of thinking. When you are about to do your work or any projects, you need to invest your time to study what's going on around it. Evaluate all the stuff in order to make wise decisions. That is why Moses was effective. Moses also was a strong leader. Strong leaders, of course, they take the time to study, ask for feedback, but eventually they give an order. This is what a strong leader does, gives an order. And when the, the leader is strong and gives an order, let me tell you something about those orders. Those orders are very specific, very clear. Step one, two, and three, and then you call me. I want you to do, to do this. First this, and then this, and then this. Orders that must be followed. 
But uh, strong leaders also are able to oversee their protégés and the operation. That's why strong leaders are always calling the protégés. How is everything going? How are the things going out there? How do you feel about this? Is that, do you have any news for me? Is there any updates? And they check stuff. Strong leader is not just someone that says, okay, that's the order, very specific, and see you later. No, strong leader is there. Paying attention, overseeing the protege, and overseeing the operations, checking, checking, all the time checking. Strong leaders are like that. Now, if we go back to the description in Exodus 17, there is a second part that talks about Joshua. And I want to talk to you about it. You know what is the first thing that you can see in Joshua is that, first of all, he was the kind of guy, he was watching and listening to Moses for many years. A protege, someone who wants to learn, has to be paying attention to the leader, watching, learning, listening. And what else? Taking notes. Important. And having notes organized is, is essential for you if you want to learn. And even when you are doing your work, if you have all your stuff organized, you know, imagine like in your closet, simple example. If you don't know where your socks are and where your t-shirts are and where your jeans are or your PJs, it, it's all there <laughs> somewhere, right? It's a disaster. Well, when you are a protege, when you are someone that wants to learn something in life, when you want to learn from other people, you observe, you pay attention, you, you listen, you take notes, but you need to have all that organized. You have to learn to be organized while you are taking notes. And then you will take your time to reflect about what you just learned. Again, you have to take your time to reflect about it. Thinking and thinking, and thinking. And thinking will take you to ask questions. But when you ask questions to your mentor, you need to find the right time. You have to. Some people that I became their mentor, they contact me, but sometimes, especially at the beginning of the relationship, they don't understand that there has, has to be the right time to have conversations, the right time to ask the questions. You know, they, they can be awake at two in the morning, but they are awake. I supposedly am sleeping. Well, I work any number of hours every day. Sometimes I'm awake at 2 a.m., but I am not going to respond a text message at 2 a.m. to one of my protégés just by principles. No, there is a time. There are days for that. If someone is the protege of somebody else, should learn about the mentor's schedule. Which are the days and hours that my mentor is available to ask important questions? And of course, that person needs to learn that there has to be a good approach. It has to be uh, a protocol, a procedure, a way to, to ask the the, the person to approach 
the, the boss especially, when it's about work, right? When it's about work and your boss, you, you have to ask the questions in a very important, in a, in a very uh, polite way, you know? Some people just don't get it. They just spit it up without any basic polite greeting to the boss at any time. Yeah, but I didn't know. They try to justify the rudeness. There is no way to justify being rude and unpolite. Joshua was observing Moses, learning from him, taking notes, but uh, he started to learn Moses' uh, character and temperament and when he was more available than other days. And always he knew that if Moses was busy, he waited and found the right time. And whenever he approached him, it was the right way. <laughs> and of course, once you as a protege, you ask questions, you, you need to be very smart to write notes about the questions. You, you just don't go to your, your mentor and ask questions randomly just because you want to look smart. <laughs> That's a mistake. Because after a couple of answers, you will not remember anything else. And you know, in an hour later, you will forget already everything else. So you need to write notes. And you need to manage time the right way too with your mentor. You are not going to be there asking questions and questions and questions for three hours. You know, that's, that's not right. You have to find ways to communicate. Find a good pace to connect with your mentor, with your supervisor, someone teaching you how to do things. Also, we know that Joshua believed in Moses. And how is that possible? Well, it's possible because Moses showed integrity. Moses showed that he really was a servant of God. That his objective was not to make a profit. His goal in life was to serve God. Had a purpose. So Joshua trusted him. Said, no, I know Moses. And probably some people said, well, you know what? Moses in the morning has a bad breath. You know, he drinks these teas. Ugh, you know. <laughs> you know, Moses sometimes in the afternoon gets moody. You know, it's like he needs a nap. You know? People can say things about mentors and leaders. But close protégés, they get, get to learn the temperament, the character of their mentor. And they find out if the mentor is legit or not. And once they are comfortable, you know, they believe in their mentor. And they say, yeah, yeah, you know, it's true. He has a tough tea, strong breath in the morning because he drinks two cups of tea in the morning. Yeah, so what? And yes, it's true. After lunch, he gets a little bit moody. So what? But that doesn't make him uh, a bad person, you see. You have to learn your mentor. And then you decide if you're going to believe or not in him. When you have a communication that way with your mentor, you have to understand the assignments the right way. You have to learn, follow instructions, 
understand what your mentor is telling you. And then once you understand, but you are not certain about the out outcome, you trust in your mentor's judgment. Your mentor will say, uh, Moses, Joshua, I'm telling you, this is how you're going to do it. And then Joshua didn't know the outcome. And he said, yes, sir, I'm going to do it exactly as you said. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And I'm doing it now, sir. But uh, I want you to know, I just started to do this. Is this okay? Yes, go ahead. And, uh, you know, I found this and that. What do you think? You are going, you are going well. Executing and communicating. Because Joshua trusts Moses. And you know what is the best part, in my opinion, about Joshua's character is that he was successful. But he was successful because he learned to follow instructions. He learned it. He had a great training, a great mentor. But eventually he learned the most valuable lesson, to follow instructions. And he did it right. You know, one thing that most, uh, Joshua did, also very, very important, keep his team together. Sometimes people come to positions of leadership and then they destroy the whole team. That's a mistake. Joshua was successful because he keep the team together by being nice to them. You know, and of course, some of the guys were older than him, probably more experienced than him, maybe stronger or wiser than him, but Joshua was able to keep the team together. That made him successful. And of course, he kept accountable to Moses. And when Moses died, he was accountable to the people. He was accountable. That is what made him a real successful person. You know, they say that uh, when there is a new a young ox coming to the farm, they always put him in with uh, an old ox there to work together because the old one already knows how the master wants things done. So the young one is trying to go to, you know, this and going in this way and pushing the yoke in this direction and the, the old ox, which is stronger, it's not going to let the young ox move in him. So who do you think is going to be hurting in the neck? The young one. When you are in a team, it's important that you have somebody with experience leading the one that is young. Because the one with experience will train the, in a better way the young ones. Absolutely. Now, I want to invite you to our worship service 265 on November 25th. I'm sorry, 21st. And the topic will be, I don't want to see them. <laughs> I know it sounds strange, but you will understand. I don't want to see them. WS 265, November 21st, 2021. You know that today that we are celebrating this week, Veterans Day, we know that they deserve our recognition. Let me ask you this. Who is protecting us today here in America? Who is protecting us? Our military. My question to you is, are you doing your part? 
Well, and what is my part? Well, let's just start for simple things, okay? Do you respect them? Do you appreciate them? Do you pray for them? When you see them in any place, do you honor them? And finally, do you pay your taxes? How do you think the military forces can keep on going without money? But there are many people that they refuse to pay taxes. And yet, they expect that the military will be there quickly to defend our country. <laughs> but thank you so much to our veterans for what they have done. We have some here in the church, and we thank you for your service. Yes. Titus chapter 3, verse 1 reads, God's people should always be under the authority over, of government leaders. They should obey these leaders and be ready to do good. Very clear indication that we all should respect authority in government. It doesn't say if it's of this party, of this other party. You know, it says government leaders. We need to always be under their authority and obey them, whatever they say. They are there for a reason. We need to respect that. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, they say that we should pray for those in positions of authority. Pray for these leaders so that they will, that we can live quiet and peaceful lives, lives full of devotion to God and respect for Him. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. How is it possible that people can claim they are Christians because they, but because they don't like the president or the governor or the senator or whoever the authority is, they talk so many disrespectful things about him. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we need to pray for them regardless who they are. And we need to show respect. And what is the result of that? We please God by doing those things. Praying for them. <laughs> praying for them. You know, my friends, everyone has the right to express their opinion about authorities because it's one of our rights as American citizens. If you dislike the president or the vice president, if you dislike governors or senators, if you disapprove the governor in your state, if you simply are against the whole system, whether it's judicial system or the executive, or the, as I said, the Congress, the Senate, you have the right to disagree. But there are ways that we can change that in our country, is yes, through elections. You want some changes, you need to go and vote. You don't like the ones that are in charge. You need to support somebody that you believe in. That's our job. Now, I don't know that, polit I know exactly that politicians don't like to hear this kind of stuff, but the problem with you politicians is that most of politicians, they, they don't really care 
for people. They say they care for the people, but what we know is that mainly the intention of those politicians is just to make money. And here is the big question. If they want to make money, why they don't go in the, into the private sector to make money working? Because there is nothing wrong for those who are in the private sector working and making money. That's not wrong. But what is wrong is for those politicians that are corrupt, that they are there just to make more money for themselves and to protect individuals that put them there. And that's dishonest. So what kind of conscience is that? And now we, the citizens, we are not naive. <laughs> we know how they operate. They are banking out of the money they collect from us that pay taxes, and they just get us in more and more debt with these brilliant projects that never work. We know that. But that is the part that bothers all of us. But if you are that upset, if you are that disappointed, if you are that angry, what you need to do is to start looking for alternatives to be somewhere, whether it's in the city or in the school district or in the county government, go write your name and try to get there, get the votes and start changing what you can change. But trashing the govern, government leaders on social media, that's not biblical. And I cannot tell you that that is good because it's not good. It's bad. So I encourage everybody to think about this because we are reading the Bible, which is God's word. And if the Lord says that we need to pray for them and obey them to please God, I think it's clear. So my question will be actually, are you mad at somebody? <laughs> are you mad at the president right now? Are you mad at, at uh, whoever? Are you mad? Why is it? Why is it that you are that mad? Because of their decisions, because they are taking advantage of their positions, because they are corrupt and dishonest and all that. Well, it's possible. But is that your real thing in life? Or you are just using that thing to hide your true frustration? That is what I want you to think about, my friend. Is that politician the one that keeps you awake every night? That you cannot rest and have peace? Or is there something else? Because that is what you need to think. Why is it that you are so angry? You need to find peace within yourself. Because honestly, since the times of Washington, this is the never-ending story. The debt of the country keeps growing and is not going to stop. Injustice, corruption, corrupt politicians, it's not going to stop. So that means that in the future, honestly, we know that this imperfect world is not going to have perfect leaders in a perfect country. 
It's an impossibility. So basically what I'm saying to you is if you don't find out what's really bothering you, you are just projecting your future horribly. Basically, if you don't get peace within yourself with whatever the problem is, you, you will have some serious problems with your health because you cannot find peace. And I want you to know that's not God's plan for you. The Lord wants you to have a good life. And of course, if there is injustice, we are called to fight looking for justice through political ways or any other ways that we can find that are legal and correct according with the Constitution. But just trashing people and being mad and upset, that's poison, poison for you. You're killing yourself. Don't do that. Don't do that, my friend. You need to stop, stop whatever is the problem being trashing leaders and politicians because, in fact, Christians should be loving and respectful. So we need to find the, the real reason. And you know what I have found? That quite often the real reason is our relationship with our own dad, our own mom, our own spouse or ex-spouse, or sometimes even, it's even with our own selves. And many of those things are the result of things that happened in, during childhood that are still ingrained there and still bother you. But let me tell you something. The scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1, don't speak angrily to an older man, but talk to him as if he were your father. Treat the younger men like brothers, treat the older women like mothers, and treat the younger women with respect like sisters. You, you know what is talking? What is this verse? It's telling me just one thing. It's like in any interaction, we need to see like it's our own family. Well, hello. <laughs> that is the problem. The problem is that quite often, many of us, are so unsatisfied and frustrated with what's going on in our own heart, in our own household, in our own family. Things that happened when we were little or young or recently, or probably thinking of what is gonna be, be happening in the future. But we are so messed up and we have no concept of what is what the Lord wants us to to do, how the Lord wants us to live. And he wants us to live in a peaceful way, talking to the elderly and the young people with respect and love, like brothers and sisters. The question is, how do you talk to your brother or your sister? How do you talk to your father or your mother? That hostility that absolutely messed up relationship now is transferred to these particular relationships here and there that every time you see somebody, it's just like you connect this person and then boom, the explosion and the <laughs> anger and the frustration comes again, again and again. That's a problem, you see? 
Would you say that you and God are family? Are you able to say God and I are family? Do you feel that way? Do you see that God is your father and you are his child and you say, we are family? Would you say that? Well, if we say that, I think that we need to, as Christians, we need to say that every other Christian in the world is part of that family. And whether you like it or not, the people that you have trouble with are Christians. Imperfect like you. So what we need to see is that it's just a concept of being aware that God wants us to just love one another and try to forgive one another and get along one another. Because that is the core of Christianity is forgiveness. I don't want to mention other religions But I, I know you know this. Many religions are based on hate, revenge, lack of forgiveness. And perhaps you have one of those relatives that converted to something and now he doesn't want to talk to anybody or she doesn't want to talk to anybody else in the family or they, they just don't want to have any relationship with you and they just cut you off and you are just out of the communication with them because their religion do not allow them to contact other people outside of their own circle. What in the world is that? Is whatever, but that's not Christianity, my friend. Christianity is based on Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the one who died for you and I. If he is able to forgive everybody, who are we to have all these things against everybody? It should be the opposite. We all should be loving and forgiving and very tolerant, extremely tolerant. Don't you think God is extremely tolerant with you? Or have you forgotten the kind of life you had? Have you forgotten your sins, your mistakes? Or you think that you don't have any bad records in your resume of life. You think you are that cute. No, my friend, you are not that cute. Neither did I. We are not that great. There is no one in this planet, present or in the past, neither in the future, that is without sin. No one. There is only one perfect one. His name is Jesus. And he said that we need to learn to love our enemies, to pray one another, and to learn to, to, to be tolerant one another, forgiving, loving, giving, and sharing. That, my friend, is Christianity. If you don't apply that in your life, I don't know what in the world are you talking about. What kind of church is that? What kind of religion is that? That's a messed up theanity. That's what it is. Mesopianity. I made up this word right now. That's mesopianity. It's messed up. Hating people because of something that happened, it doesn't matter. 
or you forgot what the Lord Jesus told Peter? Because Peter wanted to come clean and said, okay, so seven times in a day? Maybe I can deal with seven times. And the Lord Jesus said, no, I don't tell you seven. 70 times, 70 times seven, 490 times per day. The same person. <laughs> what is all this telling us? That we need to be respectful to everybody, tolerant, forgiving, loving. Because that is what the Lord does to you. Do you realize that? The Lord is highly tolerant with you. I don't know what you are thinking right now. But I can tell you this. Those nasty, horrible thoughts that you could have. The Lord overlooks those thoughts and feelings. Because he loves you. So do I. I don't care if you are saying this or thinking this about me in this message, but I want you to know that the Lord loves you and the Lord wants me to love you with his love, not my love. It's his spirit in me loving you. The Lord is telling you today, I love you, although you sometimes are ugly. <laughs> me too. So what do we do? What do we do with this? Ugliness, nastiness that we have sometimes. These ugly thoughts. We become irrational, unreasonable. What do we do? Well, we come to the principle. God and I are family. Every other Christian is part of that family. The Lord called me to love everybody. That's what we need to do. Are you ready for a new life, my friend? You know that the only requirement is to believe in Jesus. So I would like to pray with you and you pray with me. The prayer is on the screen. Give your heart to God. Say with me, dear God, <laughs> if Moses learned and if Joshua was also able to learn to trust you and obey you, it's possible that I can learn to obey you. I want to become respectful and obedient. Please help me, Lord. You are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you, Lord. I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. My friends, it's on the cross where everything begins. Thanks to the Lord Jesus. Say with me, I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile down on you and show you His kindness. May the Lord answer your prayers and give you peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ from Odessa, in the name of Victory Church, my family, my team, my church members, I say to you, be blessed, and I'll see you next time.
Thank you for watching Victory Church. Please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.